Good evening, everybody. It's time to begin our service this evening. We will have one song, and then David will have our announcements. Right? Okay. You've been changing who's doing announcements on me, and I don't like it. <laughs> uh, two more songs, and we'll have our lesson this evening. Our first song tonight will be number 982, We Shall Assemble, 982. We shall assemble on the mountain, we shall assemble at the Well, good evening, church family. A couple announcements before we have our devotional. Um, I, I let all the ladies know that the ladies' class will not meet in the back uh, tonight. Uh, the ladies' class will be held in a conference room. The carpets were cleaned uh, in there today, um, so they're still a little damp, and they smell really good. Um, you can at least walk by there and smell it if you want, but, uh, but they... Um, but the carpets are wet, so all ladies' class will meet in the conference room here. <clears throat> also, as a reminder, there will be an elders' meeting next Wednesday. Um, also, uh, to all ladies who are wanting to go to the Transform Ladies' Conference at Pigeon Forge on October 14th through the 16th, registration deadline is August 15th. It's $85 to go. Uh, and once you register for that, uh, please let Kelly Williams know so that way she can count for the rental house there. Also, Saturday, August 13th at 4 a.m., there will be a group going to Ronald McDonald's house in Huntington to prepare salad, spaghetti, garlic bread for approximately about 25 people. If you're wanting to go to that, please see Christy McAllister. Also, Sunday, August 14th, will be the preacher's rotation. Our guest speaker will be Mark Day, and Chris is at Greasy Rick. Is that right? 
I remembered. Chris is at Greasy Ridge, and um, there will, after that Sunday evening, there will be a high school and middle school devotional at my house. On Tuesday, August 16th, will be Young at Heart. There's a sign-up sheet on the four-year board if you're wanting to go to Young at Heart at 1030. Also, August 17th through the 25th, we'll be polishing the pulpit. If you have any questions on that, please see Chris. Uh, remember to continue to keep uh, Lisa uh, Bassin in your prayers uh, and Hank Picklesheimer in your prayers as they're dealing with COVID and she has cancer. Remember to continue to pray for Terry Haynes, um, pray for Maxine Romine, Richard McDonald, um, he has prostate cancer. Remember to continue to keep Jennifer Baker and Sandy Galloway as they go through their cancer treatments. And remember to continue to keep Vicki Bowen in your prayers as well. Um, that's all the announcements I have. Something feel like an apple tree. Um, it's not on here, but uh, wanting to help the preschool out with school supplies, there's an apple tree out in the middle foyer. Uh, grab an apple and um, help the preschool out with uh, supplies this year. And you just put them in the white chair. Uh, that's all the announcements I have. Uh, let's go to God in prayer at this time. Our gracious Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you so much for this opportunity to come here this evening, Lord, to learn more about you, to be able to apply your word to our everyday lives, Lord. Lord, we thank you so much for the rain you've blessed us with, Lord. Lord, there's so many blessings that you've blessed us with all day today, Lord, and we so, we're so grateful and thank, thankful for all those blessings. Lord, we ask you this time to still continue to be with our elders here at Rome and as they meet and let, be with them, give them the wisdom and guidance they need, Lord. Let them always still continue on staying true to your word and following your word always. Lord, we ask you this time to continue to be with our sick, Lord. Be, be with the ones who are dealing with COVID, be with the ones who are dealing with cancer and the ones who just can't make it here, Lord. Just be with them, heal them, Lord. Be with the doctors who are taking care of them, Lord. Lord, we ask you this time to be with our widows and our shut-ins, Lord, I pray that we will be an encouragement to them, that we will reach out to them and let them know that we are thinking of them and that we are praying for them. Lord, we ask you to still continue to be with our youth. Help us to guide and direct them, Lord. Help us to use your word to guide and direct them. Lord, let them always continue to sing true to your word. Let them always follow your path. Lord, be with us the rest of this week and always let your light shine throughout our community, through our work, and throughout our school, Lord. Lord, we ask you to be with the ones who are traveling this week and this month, Lord. Be with them. Let them get back home safely. Forgive us, Lord, when we do fall short. In Jesus Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Before I do another song, I'm just going to give a little background on tonight. I had asked a certain person that's going to college on next Wednesday to do it tonight, and Andrew seemed to have forgotten when he got here. And then he goes, are you going to do oceans? I'm like, no. <laughs> but then, I don't know what hit me, I want to do oceans. So our next song tonight is going to be oceans. And this could go down in flames or it can go good. But I'm testing my theory, Jeremy, that you have to just not think about this one. <laughs>
takes it out of you. Our next song uh, is going to be number 684. 
This world is not my home. If you would, let's stand for this song, please. 684. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My precious darling seated. Our song of invitation will be number 197. 197. Have thine own way, Lord. I'll start by saying I might be like Sam. This might be short or it might be long. Um, when I put myself down to do a devotional, I never did this at our last church, and I did it because I didn't feel like I should do it. Um, and that was the wrong way to feel about it. Um, and through the pandemic, some things in my life changed for the better. Um, and it changed me a lot as a Christian. And the one thing that I'm gonna talk about tonight is uh, something that's probably changed the most um, in me in, in how I feel as a Christian. Um, and that is witnessing for God. Um, I always felt nervous about going up and talking to people or approaching people and offering to uh, pray for them. Um, and one thing that um, I changed about a year ago is I got involved in a motorcycle ministry. Uh, as some may have seen, I sometimes approach church and arrive on a motorcycle and I'm wearing a motorcycle vest. Uh, that's both intimidating to some people and welcoming by others. It depends on if they saw the back of the vest or not. 
Um, Sunday morning when I rode my motorcycle here, I did so because it got really good gas mileage. That was really the only reason. Um, and that is one reason I ride a lot, but every time I ride, I always wear that vest. And my wife always you know, accuses me of going and hanging out with uh, my motorcycle gang, but it is a motorcycle ministry. Um, I got involved with the motorcycle ministry because I felt like it would force me out of my comfort zone and get me into an, uh, uh, an area where I would take on some more Christian roles, which I felt like were lacking in my life. Um, and one of those was witnessing to other people. Um, I've got a few things wrote down, but most, mostly I'm going to be speaking off the top of my head, so I might veer down a rabbit hole, and I apologize for that. Um, Sunday morning, I had uh, a guy I noticed was following me because he made all the turns I made from Huntington, and um, I was purposely trying to lose him for a minute, and he stayed right with me. After I parked my bike out front, he pulled up behind me and rolled his window down and motioned for me to come and talk to him, and he had just moved to this area, and he saw the patch on the back of my vest and followed me all the way from Walmart to ask me to pray for him and his family. So, um, you know, that's what I say when, <clears throat> when I'm usually riding, that's one reason I, I wear that vest. It, you know, it makes some people feel uncomfortable when they don't understand what the back of the vest represents, but it is welcoming to others. And that gentleman had interactions with our motorcycle ministry from Indiana, where he was from. I offered to have him come into church, but he told me he wasn't comfortable in churches because he's had bad experiences in the past. And in a lot of conversations I've had with people since I've been involved in this motorcycle ministry, I could do many devotions, devotionals about that topic alone. Um, in Acts, we're told, uh, you'll be my witness in, witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and to the ends of the earth. I've read the Bible multiple times, and I've read a lot of things about witnessing to others, especially non-believers about God. Um, but I didn't take some of those commands as seriously as I should have, uh, mostly because I didn't feel comfortable approaching people uh, about that. And the one thing that struck me about this motorcycle ministry is their primary goal is to try to approach the most unapproachable people on the planet, which are um, very hardcore motorcycle bikers. And I don't know if you've ever gone up and just tried to approach some of those folks, um, but oftentimes they're not real approachable. So I told myself, I said, if I can get over this and I can approach these people about Jesus, I can probably approach anybody and talk to them about Jesus. And uh, fortunately, unfortunately, it was an uncomfortable situation at first, um, but fortunately I did get past that. Um, and I do oftentimes go to events where um, a lot of very big, what people would consider dangerous motorcycle clubs hang out. Um, almost every single time, the presidents of those clubs will come over and ask me to come and eat dinner with them because they would like somebody to bless their meal for them or to just pray for them in general. So um, even people you wouldn't think that think about God are often thinking about God. They just need somebody to help them through that process. Um, something I read in trying to prepare this, and I've changed the topic of this uh, tonight many times, but, you know, that gentleman approaching me out there um, and some other events that have happened recently in my endeavors with this motorcycle ministry, 
made me change my topic to this. Um, some things I'd like everybody to think about. Uh, as believers in Christ, we are all called to be witnesses and share about God's greatness to those around us. But what does that mean to be a witness for Christ? Why is it important? And how do we go about witnessing to others about God's good news? Um, some things to think about. Can you think of the first time you heard about the gospel? Uh, I tried to do that when I was putting together some of these meeting notes. And I think fortunately and unfortunately, I grew up in a time where, as I thought about that, I honestly didn't know anybody when I was a child that wasn't a Christian. It was different. It was a long time ago. According to Aaron, I'm old as the dinosaurs, but um, it was a long time ago. And the more I thought about that, I tried to think about that. And everybody I knew, all of my friends, everybody went to church. We all didn't go to the same church, but I honestly didn't know anybody that didn't go to church. And, um, you know, some of that, when you're a kid, that's who your parents choose to hang out with. But even other kids in the neighborhood, I remember hanging out with them, and they still went to church. You know, some were Catholic, some were um, Methodist, but at the end of the day, I knew no one that wasn't going to church. So, um, you know, thinking back about that, the first time I heard the gospel was like literally always. I don't ever remember a point in my life where I wasn't hearing about the gospel, um, and every time I did something wrong, the first thing my mother did before she passed away was crack the Bible open and find some reason in scripture to point out to me uh, what I did that was so bad for her to do that um, was not only disappointing her, but it would be disappointing God. And um, for me, that was a, you know, uh, not a hard one to think about because I always remember hearing about the gospel. Um, but not everybody has, especially now. And it seems like the older I get uh, and the way the things are going in the world, um, there's a lot more people who haven't heard about God than who have, and that's disappointing in so many ways. Um, it's interesting to think about who told you about the gospel. Um, how did they tell you? Did they share their first? Did they first share their share Christ with you through their words, or did you first notice Christ working in them through their actions? Um, and I think that last part is <clears throat> just as important as uh, somebody that's willing to. Uh, share Christ with you um, because you can talk to somebody but if they don't see you living the same life that you're trying to talk to them about that's you know it, you're kind of talking out of one side of your mouth and, and doing something completely different when the, you think they're not looking um, I found an interesting survey that was given at a Billy Graham crusade um, and the one question asked was what is your greatest hindrance to uh, witnessing to others and I found this interesting 9% said they were too busy to remember to do it which is interesting 28% um, felt the lack of real information to share which that's something uh, nobody said they didn't care so everybody felt like it was important to witness to others um, so at least that was nobody chose that option 12% said their own lives were not speaking as they should and this would be people I assume that would be doing what I just said. Maybe they go to church every week, but they're not living the way they should, so they're not acting as a good, uh, um, they're not acting as a good uh, representative, as it were. Um, but by far the largest group was 51% whose biggest problem was the fear of how other, the other person would react when they approached them to talk to them. Um, and that's honestly how I felt up until a year ago. And 
I felt the need to want to talk to people about Christ, but I didn't have the courage or I was afraid of how that person would react. And um, when I got involved in this motorcycle ministry, it, it's not just interacting with bikers. They do a lot of stuff with youth, which is the other reason I really like to get involved in that. Um, and one thing that I just got to do a few months ago was uh, something that you know, really changed me for the better. Um, but one of the older gentlemen, uh, you know, when I was trying to talk to some of the older folks in the uh, organization, um, I had been hanging out with them. I was still in the same boat. I didn't like to approach people and pray with anybody or offer to pray for people or try to speak to them. Uh, if they would approach our booth, you know, I wouldn't be the first one to jump and try to talk to them. Um, so, I, you know, it wasn't an immediate thing, uh, but it did work on me over time. And, uh, you know, some, some of the words that the older members who aren't able to do a lot um, shared with me is what helped me get me past that point. Um, and one of the old guys said, um, you need to draw near to God for yourself, and, and God will work through you to get you past that. Um, and as I worked with these folks and saw them uh, doing this work, um, you know, I knew, I knew I had to get past this, and I worked my way through that. Um, and, and it was interactions with the gentleman that approached me out here that slowly got me past that. Um, you know, we put up a prayer tent in the park. You'd be surprised how many people walking around Huntington's Park would, uh, would be willing to come up to a Christian organization and uh, ask us to pray for them. It was near zero, I will say that. But there were enough, and the time that I spent down there, um, you know, the one family I prayed with and for um, was reason enough to spend the hours that I spent down there. And the young man was struggling uh, because him and his brother had lost um, a mother and a father, and his brother was suicidal. So, um, you know, there's a lot of people walking around, and, you know, we always incentivize these people to find a church and get involved in a church, and everybody has a different reason for that. But um, a lot of times people won't go to church, but they are welcoming prayer, and I think it's important that we you know, try to talk to them about Christ in any way that we can. Um, and what these older gentlemen said was, you know, getting the opportunity to even speak with some of these people, even for 30 seconds or a minute, uh, you plant seeds with them. And, um, you know, there's a lot in the Bible about planting seeds and uh, fostering those seeds. And um, that really hit me uh, quite hard at a youth event. Well, it wasn't as much a youth event. It was a, um, a large motorcycle event that was happening in Snowshoe. And I knew, I knew the weekend would be uh, difficult because the primary goal there is to go up and pray with as many people as you can. And that was the event that got me over this hump completely because um, the whole goal was to approach people, offer to pray with them before this event and pray with their families for the, especially for the children who were journeying out on a 20-mile trip into woods that most people would be afraid to walk into. Um, and during that event, I got to meet a lot of people and pray for a lot of people. 
um, and, and got to speak with a lot of, especially younger kids or teenagers, um, about Jesus. And it was a long, hot, hard weekend. Um, but it was some of the best times I feel like I've ever spent. And, you know, not having taken the opportunity to do that, um, I would have missed out on, you know, some of the conversations I had. Um, I had a lot of children, I had a lot of families run up to me. Um, a lot of the families that go to these events, our motorcycle ministry always goes to them. They try to hit all these real big events because it draws in thousands of people. So a lot of the kids, especially kids who are from Christian families or um, just know us, will run up and ask us to come and pray with them before their race. <clears throat> and it's difficult because there's 20 of us trying to pray for literally 500 people, and we have an hour before the race. And um, the young kids are easy. Everybody says, yes, please pray with us, especially the families will come up and get you. Um, oftentimes, if the kids don't have a family member there with them, we'll still ask them. They'll still want us to pray with them. So the young kids were pretty easy, um, and that's kind of where I got my feet wet, just approaching people, because it's easy to walk up and offer to pray with a child. They almost always say no. Uh, teenagers are a different story. Adults are a much more drastic story. Um, a lot of no's or uh, profanity-laced sentences from adults, surprisingly, when you just offer to pray for their safety through a race. Um, but, you know, once I had that first day out of the way, everything past that was pretty easy. And, uh, you know, that in conjunction with walking up and offering to pray with bikers and having conversations with bikers, um, it, it, it's allowed me to be a better witness for God, I feel, because for some reason, um, and then I'll get back to the story. Just me and a few other members from other chapters showing up at motorcycle events, uh, oftentimes, well, always, we have people come up and just ask to talk to us. And it could be something as simple as they just ask, you know, want us to ask to pray for a family member or pray for them or a need that they have. Um, I have had quite a few, especially recently, come up and, you know, ask me about, Christ. Um, you know, one, one gentleman in particular, really gnarly looking dude. Um, you know, I feel bad for some of these people. He, he has a lot going on in his life. He tried to go to church and um, he went to three churches, all three of them asked him to leave. They didn't offer to talk to him about why he was there. They asked him to leave. You know, some of these people dress a certain way, and that's how they dress always. It's not like they may have good church clothes. They always wear biker clothes. Um, so he came up, and he wanted to talk to me and shared that with me, which is uh, discouraging, you know, especially when churches are dwindling, as it was. Um, this guy approached multiple churches, and um, nobody would talk to him. You know, me and Aaron had similar experiences to that when we were looking for churches a long time ago. We would go into a church, we would expect people to come up and talk to us, and we would visit some churches multiple times, try to talk to people, and nobody would talk to us. And oftentimes when you hear people have stories about why churches are failing or why churches are not growing, that's a pretty good reason. You know, they're not willing to take, in our situation, we weren't bikers, but um, 
you know, for whatever reason, nobody approached us at some of those churches we visited. Um, and I can see where that would be off-putting to people who are trying to find a place to go worship. Um, but the one thing that, that sat with me, and, and I'll close this out at that snowshoe event, was uh, one teenager came up and asked me to pray for him. And the devotional that we had that morning, um, this was the second day that we were there, um, the devotional we had that morning with our state uh, coordinator was about planting a seed with people. And he closed the devotion with, you know, it, it, we don't have to talk to everybody. We just have to plant as many seeds with these people as we can. Young, teenagers, old, you know, wh whatever the case may be. Um, and just plant a seed with him. And this one teenager came up and, and asked me to come and pray for him. His parents had just dropped him off at the event. And that's fine. I understand sometimes that happens. Um, but the little guy, you know, shared some of his story with me. And um, at a motorcycle race about six months prior, one of our members had uh, prayed with him. And... Um, had spoken to him a little bit and planted a seed. And this young man, because he was 15 or 16, um, I don't remember exactly his age. I don't, he was at least 15 or 16. Um, came to our motorcycle ministry tent at that race and picked up uh, the Gospel of Luke. We have a Gospel of Luke that we hand out to people when we talk to them about this. And he said at that race, he talked to some people at the tent, and they shared, uh, you know, a little bit about Christ with them. We, we're not there to try to, you know, we're there to share the good word, and that's pretty much the goal of it. So he took that home, and he said he read it, and um, his parents didn't want him going to church. They actually tried to incentivize him to not go to church. <laughs> and so you hear it all. Um, uh, so he said a few races went by and he kept coming back to our tent that was consistently there and asking questions um, and he found a church close to his house that he walked to every Sunday and got baptized at that church so, I guess, you know, I said I wasn't going to be like Sam today, but apparently that's just going to happen. <laughs> it's, it, you know, a lot of things happened at that event that, uh, you know, to see somebody like that that was, you know, pushed away from church, but found it with uh, just a seed that was planted. And obviously God continued to work on that young man. And, um, you know, it worked out good. And in the end, you know, he came to Christ. Um, you know, Paul was speaking in Corinthians. He said, I planted the seed, Apollos watered it, but God has been making it grow. So neither the one who plants nor the one who waters is anything, but only God who makes things grow. The one who plants and the one who waters have one purpose, and they will each be rewarded according to their own labor. And, um, you know, 
I think, um, you know, a lot of people don't have a good avenue to witness to people or plant these seeds. Um, you know, my wife does it directly and indirectly through this uh, co-op that she started, uh, All God's Kids for Homeschooled Families. And a lot of these families get their kids together and indirectly they hear things about the scripture at these things. And you never know what seeds are planted, and especially in children, um, which is where I really felt like that event uh, hit me because all these kids were so enthusiastic to be prayed for, um, and the adults were not. Overwhelmingly. There was a few, but overwhelmingly they were not. Um, they were there to party, and they, they made it well known about that fact. So... Um, you never know who, who you're going to touch when you're talking to them. And it's important to, um, to always be open and offering uh, your story or you know, Christ's story to anybody that's willing to listen, especially. Um, sometimes even those that aren't willing to listen, you never know what type of seed you might plant with them. And a lot of people expect in these conversations, from what I've gathered, immediate results. And in my experience, you don't get immediate results in witnessing uh, about God to people, um, and you definitely don't in planting these seeds with people. Um, but it's continue, it, you know, it's good to it's good to get out of your comfort zone and uh, be willing to approach people and um, be a strong witness for Christ. In my opinion, um, if anybody has any uh, needs of the church, um, there are people here that are willing to speak with you. Uh, and in closing, you can, you're welcome to come forward as we stand and sing.
bow with me, please. Dear kind and gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the opportunity to come here and to listen to a young man talk about his concern for souls. Father, we all need to hold that concern. Father, thank you for giving us the privilege of being members of this church that we might call you father and call Jesus brother and father that we might be brother and sisters in your family here and use and lean on each other. Father, we thank you for our children. Please bless them as they go back to school. Help them that they would remember their Christian upbringing, that they would always use those examples instead of some of the ones that they're seeing in the world today. Father, we ask that you would be with the leaders of our country, that they might turn back to you and give you the glory for who you are and how we should be. Father, go with us as we go to our class. Open our hearts, open our minds. Give us the humility to accept your word and to change our lives. Guide us always, in Jesus' name we pray, amen.